Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. So the Edmonton Oilers have done it again, Bruce. They've united the fan base, at least the cranky part of the fan base on Twitter against them. Um, mm-hmm. Although uh, more level-headed people are kind of acting in a more level-headed manner. They've done so by taking Philip Broberg eighth overall in the NHL draft. Broberg is a Swedish defenseman. And uh, the consensus view, if you, I, I, you know, if I average, I, I looked at 15 scouting services from Bob McKenzie to low tide and everything in between. And the consensus was, I think Broberg was the, give me one second and I will give the exact number of where he was ranked. He was ranked as the 12th best player, not the eighth. So this is the shocking development that has everybody up in arms. And um, so there's some people who are mad about that. And then there's some, that's, you know, they're mad that they didn't trade down a little bit to get the player they wanted. Bruce, I, I don't watch these players enough. I don't, I've mm-hmm. never seen Broberg play. I've never seen any of these guys play. I just, I don't invest a lot of time in it because I, I don't have enough time to become an expert on this. So I don't have any opinion at all on his ability right. as a hockey player. Um, <clears throat> but he's not that far out of the consensus. He's not that far from, from where the experts had him. Craig Button had him at number seven. Corey Pronman oh. of The Athletic had him at number nine. Mm-hmm. Corey Pronman projects him as a top-pairing guy. So but your headline is that Holland's on the hot seat. You, you have a post-up, Holland is on the hot seat with this pick. So why are you saying that? Because I, uh, before even reading any of the reaction on Twitter, I successfully forecast that there'd be a lot of people upset about the pick because they, he was out of the range of many of the uh, of the scouting services. Uh, I mean, just on his elite prospects page, which clumps several of the rankings, uh, they have they have uh, Pronman's number nine, McKean's number nine. But he's also number 21, a hockey prospect, number 17 of future considerations, number 16 of international scouting services, number 29 by elite prospects themselves, number 15 by McKenzie's uh, TSN consensus <coughs> list. So that's uh, fairly strongly in the middle to even the second half of the first round. Of course, the orders were picking a little higher than that. Uh, also, just that... I think the hand was tipped. I mean, Broberg's name was has been associated with the Oilers more and more over the last week or so as, a, as we've gotten close to the draft. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, uh, without, um, you know, there, there's, I guess the reaction is to be expected. But uh, uh, the odd thing to me and the the, the hot seat part of his uh uh, my headline from my own personal perspective is that the need of the team is curly at forward. They do have a lot of depth prospects on the blue line. Now they have another one and another good one, uh, which is all well and good. And who's to say that three or five years from now that it won't be the D-man that turns out to be, you know, the the, the big get while they manage to go and find themselves a few, few wingers from other means. So, you know, we, you know, this as Oilers fans, we have to trust Ken Holland knows what the hell he's doing. This is the thing. Like, if part of the concern would be if they drafted a forward. Let's say they had drafted um, Trevor Zegras, mm-hmm. Cole Caulfield, or mm-hmm. someone. Um, Pod, 
Yeah, Matt Boldy. Mm-hmm. Um, the the pressure would then be on for that kid to make the any Oilers right away, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it is here because we're desperate. So so this in some ways, at least it takes that pressure away. Um, you know, no one's going to be expecting Broberg to make the Oilers next year, or the year after, mm-hmm. and it's going to be sometime. I mean, we've got uh, two young players, Darnell Nurse and Oscar Kleffbaum, in the prime of their career. They have um, Caleb Jones, Dmitry Samarukov, outstanding. You know, really strong prospects already in the mm-hmm. system at lefty. So this yeah. is another one. And um, you know, if he makes the NHL when he's twenty-one, twenty-two, I mean, Kleffbaum will be close to thirty, and Nurse will be twenty-seven, twenty-eight. So. <laughs> we'll see how it turns out here. Here, I want to put it in perspective though. When Philip Broberg was drafted, here's what he said. This is what you dream of all your life. It's an honor to be an Oiler. And so, you know, with all the, the negativity out there, like this is a great moment for this player. Mm-hmm. It's a great so. moment for the Oilers. They, 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 they have, they've drafted a incredibly talented skating you know he was Prodman said he's the second best skater in the draft after Jack Hughes mm-hmm. uh, he's he's big 6'3 200 pounds he's fast um we'll see if he can but all of these players taken at that range in the draft are a coin flip mm-hmm. half of them are going to turn out and half of them aren't when you're drafting in that range so we don't nobody knows and I I just think it's it's it should be almost a moment like I don't like of we should be thankful and and happy for this kid that his dream has come true like and and really none of these people who are sounding off on Twitter are draft experts I don't believe none of these mm-hmm. fans I don't believe one of them has done enough work to have a truly informed opinion on the merits of this player uh, at least to the extent where they should be confident in voicing it to the extent that they do. Now they can voice, everyone can mouth off as fans and that's, that's cool. Yeah, that's the right of being a fan. That's the right of being a fan. I don't have a problem with that, but, but maybe have that in the back of your head, the back of your mind. Like I haven't, I haven't, it's not like they've watched these players, like watched them play 80 games. Like we do with the Oilers. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen him play? How many times has any fan who's mouthing off right now and attacking this player seen him? Broberg, uh, I've seen him a few times actually because I happened to. Well, I saw him play live three times at the Linka Gretzky Cup last August. Uh, I did see a little bit of him in the World Junior, uh, where he made the team as a 17-year-old as a depth defenseman. So he didn't play a ton, I don't think, but uh, saw him there. And then at the U18, where he won the award for the best defenseman in the tournament and also won the gold medal playing for Sweden. So against his own age group, he had a strong season. And uh, in between times playing against men, uh, he didn't stand out quite so much. Plus, he got uh, some kind of illness during the uh, World Junior that apparently uh, uh, brought him down for a few weeks there in the early in the new year. Uh, so his uh, his statistics uh, with AIK and the Elsvenskan, which is the Swedish second division, two goals, seven assists in 41 games, don't jump off the sheet at you, but it's just in. Scoring points for defensemen in Sweden is tough. They always seem to score more when they come over here just because of the way they award points. And I tell you what, when I saw him in the um, uh, Alinka Gretzky, the guy has rockets and escapes. He just can fly. I, I put up, and I recommend people watch, uh, the video I put up, two videos actually, I put up at the bottom of the post I wrote about the pick. Uh, one is, uh, they're both devoted strictly to Broberg, 
Uh, one is a highlight pack from the Linka Gretzky, and the other is a highlight pack from the U18. So those two tournaments that bookend the season for the draft prospects. Uh, and he was a standout in both of them. And, man, when he gets the puck and decides to wheel up the ice, there's nobody close to being able to stay with him. So it's a matter of, you know, the, the other team, you know, and they need to lay, they need to layer up to, uh, to try and keep them to the outside. And there's, and some of those highlights, they don't keep him to the outside and he goes right in and scores. So, you know, he's, uh, his foot speed, especially for such a big guy, already listed six, three and a quarter. And, you know, he's not even 18 yet. He turns 18 next week. So, you know, he's already huge. He's over 200 pounds. And so who knows what he's going to fill out to, but you know, even if he doesn't grow any more height-wise, he's probably going to add 15 or 20 more pounds, and he's going to be a big, big man. With uh, yeah, after uh, the my my own two sons, after the age of 20, both of them put on about two or three inches mm-hmm. yeah. between 20 and 23. So you know, uh-huh. so late growing is definitely possible. Anyway, yeah, like he, he, the guy can fly. Um, that's that's yeah. all I. Uh, that's and all and I a very proactive player, and that's a good and a bad thing, especially for a D-man. But he tried to take the game into his own hands a lot. And every once in a while, there'd certainly be a clangor of a turnover or, you know, a, a bit of a howler of a decision or what have you. But there would be other times where uh, he would take the game by the, by the horns. And yeah. It's fun to, fun to watch. He's going to be a fun player to watch. That much I can tell you. If, if your idea of fun is action at both ends of the rink, <laughs> we're going to have some of that. Yeah. Um. Pappas Lindholm's in that style, a defenseman with a huge amount of speed and size. Not a, not a, not not necessarily with a high end skill level to match mm-hmm. <laughs> to be a, a, a elite point producer at the NHL level, but pretty good defenseman. Anyway, we'll see. Like I say, it's a coin flip uh, with all these players taken in this range. I kind of you know was hoping that we'd get a forward myself, just as an Oiler fan, and uh, for what it's worth, I was hoping that maybe Dylan Cousins would drop, but that was balanced up by the fact that. Um, you know, and this is a harsh thing for, for people in Western Canada, but Western Canadian kids who play forward have not developed into top and NHL attackers in the last 15 years with any kind of regularity at all. And it's kind of shocking how few kids from Western Canada have become mm-hmm. top end players in the NHL, at least on the attack. There's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And then there's, um, well, Heatley going back a bit and uh jonathan taves but they didn't play junior hockey right in the whl ryan nugent hopkins is the only kid only kid who played his minor hockey in western canada played hockey in the whl who's become even a even a good point scorer at the nhl Mm -hmm. level in the last 15 years bruce well and even nuge uh, He's not elite. As, as, yeah, as 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 much as Oilers uh, fans love the Nuge, and and I think we all do. Uh, he had a career high this season with sixty nine points, career high by thirteen, and even at that, he finished outside the top fifty in the NHL. You know, very very good player. But as you say, you know, where do you set the bar at elite? Well, that's it. I put it at point seven points per game. Um, okay. Uh, which is kind of pretty generous. No, well, um, he's there. He's there then. This he's year. just there. He's on the nose. He's right on the nose, right? He's right at the lower end of the, of that. <laughs> excuse me. So, excuse me. I should I should specify, Bruce. This is players who are taken in the top with in the top ten picks out of the WHL. Right. There might there might be some players. I think there are some players t- who played in the WHL who become 
elite scores, but this is like the um, players taken at the very top of the draft. Right. I think Jamie Benn played in the WHL. If not he did, and he went in the fifth round. <laughs> so Back when the Oilers had all those scouts covering the BC, they somehow missed Jamie Benn, they somehow missed Brendan Gallagher, but boy, we sure got a bunch of those other guys. <laughs> Bruce, let's go through a few comments. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of the orders would have taken Moritz Cedar at eighth overall? The reaction would have been at Edmonton, Bruce. Because that's what Detroit did at number six. And, man, mm-hmm. people were – of course, it's Steve Eiserman, so everyone's oh. – It was – yeah, well, Steve Eiserman had Ken Holland's list, so maybe the orders would have taken Seitzer if, he, uh, if he'd made it down to number eight. <laughs> His old team beat him to the punch, maybe. That's a good way of framing it. I shouldn't even joke anymore. You know, I threw a joke up on the on the Twitter about now how the Oilers now have six Swedish defensemen in their system, and I listed their future defense, and I just listed the six Swedes, and I got a ton of people saying, well, where's Nurse going to be? Well, I don't, where's old man Bouchard on your list? It's because people see you as was authoritative. A <laughs> people see you as a, a serious and authoritative man, Bruce. Um, all things Edmonton yeah, Oilers. They must okay. not listen to our podcast. I made the I made a sa- same joke about McDavid wearing the uh, string uh, around his pants at the um, and um, at the um, MVP award, and just saying, you know, good, you know, good for essentially good for him. You know, like he's now we can all wear our sweatpants to work, and and people were all like, well. He's probably just hiding an injury and blah 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 and like oh and another guy what are you trying to do run him out of town and was swear cursing and swear like mm-hmm. what is with people man yeah I was yeah. running Ken Holland out of town with my headline tonight too oh yeah Where so, he put himself on the hot seat well I think he wants to be on the hot seat and he's prepared he's he has the courage of his convictions I, you know okay I respect that let's let's give him a chance to to. You know, give him the keys and let him drive for a while. Here's some of the angry reaction from our friend Sean Patrick Ryan. What is vlogger? His after they try after, and, and Sean actually does put in a ton of time watching these prospects. He does. He he, he, he he's he, pretty authoritative he, when it comes is. to prospects. <laughs> but his his comment was, "Fire Ken Holland! Oh my God, awful!" After the Broberg pick. <laughs> Here's from Oiler fan Trek. Uh, Ludic Newfeld, my god, laugh out loud. Zegers on the board, but let's take one more D. Not all Swedes will be Lidstrom. Uh, let's just keep going. Uh, here we have Jesse, uh, Raider Jesse, Edmonton Raider. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable that the Oilers actually leaked and choreographed this pick. Amateur hour. So there was people mad about both things, about both the pick and about the orders um, leak. I guess it, le- you know, it did leak out. I mean, every media guy in Edmonton seemed to be in on it, which was, I think, a little bit odd. I thought, like, seriously, you're going to tell everybody? Uh, the only thing I could think of was that they were trying to make Vancouver think that they were going to take this player, so Vancouver had to trade up to get the pick because there was rumor that, that Vancouver wanted uh, Broberg. Like I don't understand. It, it it's pretty clear this this was leaked by the Oilers, and I don't get why they did that, Bruce. If I have any criticism of the Oilers, any like serious criticism, mm-hmm. what are you doing leaking your pick? I don't get that because that's what happened, right? That happened. They all knew who 
seemed to be. I mean, yeah. his name just kept getting it kept heating up all week. So I think that's so, a fair criticism, actually. Like, I don't know why you'd do that. Just shut up. It's is there any advantage in telling people what your pick's going to be? I guess you know. I, know. I mean, I heard this afternoon Chicago was uh, tending towards Kirby Dock at number three overall, and they did indeed take him there. But that was this afternoon. And at number three, I mean, everybody knew who the top two were going to be for months. Yeah. So, it's know, like you have the number one pick after that. It's almost, yeah, basically you have number one of the rest. And, that's right. And it's, so. I think that's three years in a row there was a surprise player taken at number three. So. Good for Kirby Doc and good for, you know, he's from Fort Saskatchewan, right? And um, is he not? Mm-hmm. So he's from right around here, yeah. Yeah, Edmonton area produces the third overall draft pick in the NHL. That's uh good for good for you, Kirby Doc. I'm I'm mm-hmm. sure you don't like the cult of hockey podcast, but good for you, man. Like way to go and good luck in the NHL. Um let's go for a few more. Oh, here's a good comment, Bruce, from <clears throat> Mo Sarda at Wheaton Oil. Yes. Okay. He writes, Clefbaum's development was marred by injury, but he had two seasons in the Swedish League, then half a season in the NHL before getting some NHL time. If Broberg is a successful pick, I'd eye a similar timeline. He'd come to North America just as Sekera and Russell's contracts are done. They're not traded. Also, if Broberg is a successful pick and follows this fairly optimistic development path, his first NHL season would be when Clefbaum is 29. You're planning for his decline at that point. Nurse will be 27, which is why you don't draft D with an eye to your current roster. Though mm-hmm. so a completely <coughs> sober and sensible and wise comment from uh, Wheaton Oil there. Which is the norm for him. He is an absolutely great follow for serious hockey fans, artists yeah. fans, and especially on Twitter. Yeah, he is. Uh, let's keep going here. Well, I got I got one Go here. Ahead. Our friend uh, uh, locating oil. Oh goodness! Now I just have to find it again. Oh yeah, time will tell on this kid. Oiler fans that haven't watched him are about to talk about how bad of a pick he is. Yes, indeed. <laughs> From Martin Martin uh, <coughs> London, who's an Oiler fan in Sweden, at yes, Dofos, uh, Dofos. He, he, and he informs us that um, Broberg is 100% going to play for Skelleftia AIK in the Swedish Elite League next season. <laughs> Signed with him just a month back and nowhere near ready for the NHL. And you know who else plays for, for Skelleftia? But the Oilers, uh, I think he was taken in 2017. Philip Berglund, who is a mm-hmm. right shot D-man. He's about 21 or 22 right now. He's mm-hmm. a, uh, st- a fixture on that team. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the others are planning to bring him over to the AHL next year. I doubt it, considering the plethora of players that Edmonton has right now in defense in the AHL. But so, so he's going to play with uh, Berglund. That's interesting. I, and I wonder, will we see a Broberg at the Dev Camp next week, starting Monday? Good question. Uh, I mean, given that he's already here for the draft, I'd be surprised if he didn't show up for the for the development camp. I mean, why wouldn't he? Yeah, that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Probably be the only time we see him because by the time we get to rookie camp, the Swedish league will be starting to get rolling. So typically, we don't see those fellows in the fall, but sometimes we see them in the in the uh, uh, in the uh, summer camp. 
You know, Bruce, I was struck by the kind of the doom and gloom today uh, on the Oilers Twitter sphere as compared to the absolute euphoria when the Oilers drafted Yessi Puglia-Yarvi and the euphoria when they drafted Neil Yakupov. So um, I just think we can say with some with with absolute certainty that the mood of the fans on draft day is not necessarily correlated with the success of a, of a player in his NHL career. And um, and again, this is what I'm stressing. We don't know about this player. Um, he's got some. We didn't know about the guys either, did we? And we, no, we didn't. In the end, we don't know about any of these players. They're eight, they're 17, 18 years old. A lot mm-hmm. can happen to them. And, you know, as people who know the NHL stress, this isn't, they have none of them, even the guy, the top guy in the draft, Jack Hughes, none of them haven't made today. This is the beginning of their journey and the start of their work. You know, it's, it's this incredible adventure that they're on a pro hockey, which starts today and nothing's given to any of them. And they're all going to have to you know, work like dogs. And so same with Broberg and, and he taught, you know, Pronman, I think was talking about, how this guy is known as a hard worker. So that was an encouraging thing to read that he's a hardworking guy. Of course, you know, you hear that about a lot of players. Like I think I remember reading about Pugliarvi that he's a hard worker and maybe even Yessi Pugliarvi is a really hard worker. Wouldn't be surprised if he is. So we don't know that either. We don't know that either. So. Alrighty. Anything else? Any other thoughts? Well, that was day one. I mean, we got tomorrow. The orders have picked number 38. They have number 85 and 100, and then a couple more further down the list. But a 38, I mean, that's the seventh uh, seventh pick tomorrow. Uh, they're ranked seventh in every round. Of course, they moved down to number eight because of uh, the way the lottery uh, fell out. Um, so seventh pick tomorrow, and there's still some interesting names on the board. Hey, Arthur Kaliyev is still there, and uh, he's a big-time scorer, scored 51 goals, and and he's actually younger by a day uh, than our man Philip Broberg. He turns, also turns 18 next week. So he was a legit 17-year-old all season and scored 51 goals. And here we've gone all the way through the first round. Nobody's touched the guy yet. So that's uh, that's one player of interest. He plays in uh, Hamilton, right? Does Steve Stales, is he the GM there or the, the owner or the coach? Uh, he plays in Hamilton, Hamilton Bulldogs. Yeah. 51 goals, 51 assists, 102 points. So I think he outscored every player on in the, team? the CHL taken in the first round. Wow. So Low Tide, who really Alan Mitchell of Low Tide, who goes on the stats, Bruce, mm-hmm. he had a, he has Kaliev rated fifth overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's high on some lists, but so uh, he on on the consensus list. So if you go by the public scouting right. services and who they have, he's ranked sixteenth overall. Okay, that's the next pretty guy, high for a guy not picked in the first round. Sixteenth overall. That's we yeah. had had thirty one picks. So the next guy, I don't believe Raphael Labois was taken. Mm-hmm. He's 19th overall, and Lebois had a huge playoffs. Yeah. Then there's Bobby Brink, who played on the U.S. team. He's 21. Bobby Orr Brink. Bobby Orr Brink. His middle name is Orr. That is fantastic. Apparently, his dad decided between calling him Bobby Orr Brink or Bobby Clark Brink. <laughs> Two fantastic <laughs> hockey players. Here's okay, a guy of interest to me, Brent Leeson, uh, a now 20-year-old right winger who tore it up with uh, Prince Albert Raiders in the WHL this year uh, at age 20. Um, So there's got to be questions, but he really seemed to find his game a huge 
right wing, natural right winger, shoots right, six foot four. Uh, he had 89 points in 55 games. And then in the playoffs, he had another 25 points in 22 games. Now, a 20 year old in the dub, you know, but he was, he's a guy that was touted as a late first rounder. And the thing about being 20 is that maybe he's a little closer to being ready to help out at the pro level. So yeah, which would be a player they might, think, they might think about. They do need scoring wingers. There's no mistake. About that. <laughs> and they didn't solve that problem tonight. So there's also uh, the 25th consensus pick was Niels Hoglander, a Swede. Mm-hmm. There's a, a group of Russians, 28, Pavel Dorofayev, who, who some people had like rated ninth. Wow. Who had him at ninth. Steve Cornianos, the draft mm-hmm. analyst, had him at ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have um, two more Russians, Ilya Nikolaev and Igor Afanasyev. They're 34 and 35 on the list. So, so right around where Oilers are picking. Right around. So there's lots of forwards. Like there's mm-hmm. a just ton of forwards. Uh, there's an a young. There's an American kid, uh, Robbie Mastro Simone, and there's a Swedish forward, Albin Gru. So there is a ton of um, offensive talent still in this draft at forward. So that's what I, you know, that's, I, I do think you have to balance out. You can't take all defensemen and the owners are getting pretty stocked on defense. So I do fully expect them. They to better play. be picking forwards tomorrow and they better not be picking goalies either. So given how they, one of the picks they traded from this year, they traded for a goalie Hayden hockey, who great name aside, the owners apparently decided not to sign the guy because they already were so stocked up in young goalies that they've been picking in every draft. So yeah, they uh, I would say tomorrow is going to be a, a day for forwards. Yeah. And we'll see if, you know, a trade of some sort. I mean, the goalie they do need is a number two, not a not some 18 or 19-year-old yeah. prospect. All right, Bruce. Well, let's leave it there. We'll be uh, back tomorrow and writing about the draft and probably have another podcast at the end of the whole thing. All right. Well, thanks for talking. Yeah. And thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the cult of hockey podcast.